I'm Christina Jurekides, and we're committed to making the seemingly impossible possible. We stand at the intersection of the values of humanity with the value of technology. Inspire for Impact, the podcast, is a place where we have conversations with inspirational entrepreneurs, community leaders, and representatives of organisations who are boldly creating a future by design. The good, the bad, the warts, and the inspiration. We're leading the way to be the change we want to see in the world. Conversations that bring to light the magic that is happening on a daily basis all over the globe. Welcome everybody to another episode of Inspired for Impact. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you this um, episode to an amazing lady, Jackie Lane, who is a book advisor and storyteller. Jackie and I met online actually a couple of years ago now uh, and I feel like I've known her forever I think I've only met her twice um, in person has an absolutely remarkable story to tell around success and failure and what it is like to be an entrepreneur and what it even is like to go I'm never going to do this again and then bounce back and do it again because that's where your absolute passion and purpose is my absolute pleasure to introduce you Jackie Lane how are you Oh, look, I'm particularly well and a bit over the Sydney rain, but apart from that, I'm, I'm very well. And you have, as I've said, a remarkable um, story, a journey that's full of highs and lows. Um, would you share that with our audience? And let's just have a conversation around what it's like to be Jackie Lane, book advisor and storyteller. Oh, absolutely. So where to start? <laughs> um, yeah, so look, I've been, um, I'm passionate about books and business books and publishing and writing. Uh, and uh, it's not what I started out to be. I originally did a master's degree in Russian politics and wanted to become New Zealand's first woman prime minister. Um, that's where I come from, but got sidelined, um, sidetracked, I should say. Um, so I, initially I set up a business called Focus Publishing, which was a specialist business book publisher because I love books and business, but I didn't feel like the mainstream publishing industry was serving business well. So that was great, had a business partner, wonderful journey, you know, lots of success, thought I was, you know, a heroine and really successful and um, had a nice life. And, um, and then my business partner died and the GFC happened. And then both my parents died, you know, and so there was a period of oh, five or six years was really tough. Um, I had to put my business into voluntary administration and everything I kind of thought about myself being successful was really questioned. Jackie, so, just let me let me pull you up there. So making the decision to put your business into voluntary administration. Yeah. Heartbreaking, heart-wrenching. It's actually something quite a few entrepreneurs go through. Small businesses are going through it at the moment post-COVID. How did you how did you actually come to consider that and then have the courage? Because I do believe that's what you need, the absolute courage and the fortitude to do that yeah good question I think that um I came to it too slowly I think that's my big learning out of it was that um you know business was not going well post GFC oh what a big surprise there um and I just thought if I worked hard enough and longer that I could make it work you know um and I had a I had a staff of 20 people and and, you know, and I had projects going and I thought if I just worked harder and longer, I would be able to make it work out. Um, in retrospect, that was just really just delusional. It wasn't about how hard or longer I worked. It was the environment that was happening around it. 
Um, and, you know, cash flow is king. And when you don't have any or not much, you, you know, you're under a high pressure situation. Um, and I didn't really also have anyone else to talk to. I was on my own. Um, you know, I'm a single mom and I was running a business. And, and so I, I really struggled with, I yeah, struggled with um, thinking that I could do it all. Um, when did I come to the realization? I think, I think when I really, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do any more than I did, and so I actually rang up some of my former business clients and asked for help. And it was the first time I think in my entire life I've ever asked for help. So there's that courage piece, isn't it? That uh, yeah. the courage to take action that you may not necessarily have planned. The courage to ask for help. Uh, do you find that particularly with female entrepreneurs in your sphere that it's harder for a female entrepreneur, or do you find it generic? Like I don't like stereotyping, but I find I find myself watching females find it harder to ask for help. Um, I don't think it's particularly female. I mean, given what I do, you know, I research and write company histories and company stories and work with business people, male and female. And when I share what I've been through, it's a pretty common thing. I think if you see yourself as a successful business person, when it's not so successful or things aren't going well, uh, it's very hard to kind of stand back from yourself and say, this isn't going well or how I plan. Um, I, I'm, I'm not the best person necessary to solve this. I need to go and ask for help, find help or find someone to work with me through this. So I think most of us who regard ourselves as successful find it difficult to take that step. So you put the business in, in administration. Yep. Uh, what happened next? The day later, a business um, publisher from Melbourne rang me up who I didn't know, but I'd known of. And he said, oh, I've just seen this. Why didn't you ring me? I would have helped you. <laughs> So he he bought the company from the administrator 24 hours after I put it into administration, and then I and then took me and my core team and to keep going. <laughs> so that's what I did, um, and and then after four or five years, that business went through a transition, and I decided it was time for me to leave, but. I really wasn't made for working for somebody else. Um, so I kind of left my business really after about 30 years, you know, 30 years of being in it. And that was a really interesting thing because my work identity was tied up with that business and I left it. I, you know, I said, that's not me anymore. Um, and I had to spend a bit of time working out what was me. And speaking about me and taking it into the personal, you and I have had conversations around ego and how important ego is um, in business. And I know one of the terms that you've used with me is um, is that people need to park their ego. I'm not sure whether you were talking to me yeah. in particular or whether it was just a generic comment, but either way, I'll take it on board. Um, <laughs> but what does that actually mean and how does it play out in the business arena? Uh, look, again, I think drawing on my own personal experience first, um, I was pretty confident, you know, I'm a pretty out there confident person. And, you know, I built a successful business. I was pretty proud of myself, so I was pretty good. 
Um, and I guess when this happened, and I, that's been through the story through my life, you know, school prefect, high achiever, and I felt pretty good about myself. Um, and I guess when this happened with my business, it was just like kind of the universe saying, hang on a minute, just, you know, you're, you're not so stunning as you think you are. Um, so, and I really had a kind of big check on, you know, I guess my ego. Um, I don't think I was egotistical, but I don't know, others might've thought differently, but I was certainly less thoughtful and caring than I may well have been post that. Um, so I think it's important to recognize no matter how good you are or how successful you are, that you are a person and that you're there, not because just because of you, but because of, a bunch of other people who are in and around you and support you and to get the best out of them you need to park your ego and focus on them and, and empowering them to achieve their goals and their aspirations rather than be so self-focused on your own. I love that. It's it's that um, very much a giving sense, and that is what right. you do in in my uh, in my work with you. Uh, because Jackie's actually helping me publish a book, celebrating success one failure at a time, and I've interviewed Jackie for that book because the story fits perfectly um, within the context of why the book's being written. Uh, but but you are very kind. You are very generous. You are very giving. But you're also very um, very. Uh, what's the right word? So I know that you know your stuff. Like it's very much, it's very much, you're spot on, and you know where to go. Hey, this is this is me being kind, and this is how we're serving you, and this is. And then as soon as I go, yeah, but da, 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 you go, no, here, here's the line. So you're very good at bringing that back. Is that a skill that you've always had, or is it something that you've um, that you've had to develop over time? How? Because I find that. It's a really fine balance. You find people that can be all giving and all generous, but to actually pull you back and get you on that path is a real skill to have those two qualities happening at once. Um, I, I don't think I was like that pre my business failure. Um, I, not that I was uncaring, but I just I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Uh, and more from the point of view, if you, I'm, I have this view that if you pick able people and they're smart and they can, they can go do anything, they don't need so much nurturing or caring. Um, they can give, give them a job and let them get on with it. Um, I guess I, as I've got a bit older and, and experienced different things, I've learned that that approach might work for some people, but for a lot, if you just take the time and really listen and help people achieve what they want to um, with, a, with a more caring approach, and not being so solution orientated quickly. I mean, I used to be very good at going A to Z, like, and expect everybody else to keep up with me. I have learned that that doesn't work for most people and that yeah, I have to stand back, sit back, listen, guide people rather than tell people. And um, I guess that, that's where that storyteller um, aspect of your title, like your book advisor and storyteller, uh, but you could also say that you're a story listener because that's that's where you potentially start. Um, but that whole, how did you come to that? Is that part of that storyteller story? Um, look, I think it is actually. I think it's a really interesting question. So whilst I'm a book advisor, book coach on the one hand, I'm, I'm a business historian on the other. So I've written 27 business histories. 
And in the process of doing that, I've interviewed hundreds of people. And, you know, and I'm doing one at the moment. And I sat down with the granddaughter of the founder of a business last week. And, um, and so I've developed really strong interviewing techniques. I'm not trained, but I guess in, in interviewing somebody, um, you have to establish trust really early. I mean, like in the first three or four minutes. And then you have to ask interesting questions and listen to what somebody's saying and not interrupt. Because in that process, it's not a conversation as such. I'm wanting the person to share with me what they know or even what they don't know. And my, my role in that area is to guide them rather than have a conversation. And I had to learn that because when I... And, and I remember the first interviews that I did, I listened back on, listened back on them and I thought, gosh, I'm speaking a lot. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I have to learn to be quiet. Um, so I think it has helped enormously with how I work with people. You'll have to tell me if I'm talking too much while I'm interviewing you. Uh, it's interesting. What I find interesting too is what you, you just said, um, I, didn't, I, I wasn't trained. Um, but surely after you've interviewed hundreds of people, that is the training I, I, because I'm also fascinated around the education field about what we think we need a certificate or whatever um, to, 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 to suggest that we have the skills that, that are needed. What have you learned? I mean, you just said that you've learned to listen more. And when you went back, you know, how do you structure an interview now with, if you're doing a business story, if you, if you're interviewing somebody or even around how they're going to structure their book. So whether it's their business or their book or whatever that, that looks like, how do you now, sit down and figure out what that storyline is going to be? Yeah, great question. Um, uh, I guess what I do, uh, Christina, is I focus less now on the facts and figures and more on what, what they feel they want out of the book, the messages, the themes, the, um, the, the people and the stories because... Facts and figures are easy to find. Sometimes they're a bit harder to find, but typically you can find, you know, open, shut, did this, did that, grew this, you know, and that's actually not the story. The story is the people um, and, and the way they feel about their role or their job or the company. So uh, even, you know, talking to companies about their book and it might start off, oh, we, we're turning 50 this year, want to do a book. And I go, great, well, can we just put the 50th to one side? Now, can we talk, can I talk to you about uh, what you want people to feel about when they're finished reading the book? So I go, right, I guess I go very quickly to the emotional uh, and the personal, or, you know, what do you want people to feel? You know, of all the messages you could talk about, what would you like them to remember? So it kind of puts all that facts and figures stuff right out of the equation and I get very quickly into, I guess, that personal emotional thing again. Yeah, that, that, I think that that's that whole storytelling, isn't it, really, that emotional pull. Um, can you share with the listeners, like, what would be one of the highlights of your interviewing career? Who have you interviewed? I know there's a lot of people because you've interviewed so many people. <laughs> uh, but who would, like, what, what stands out as a highlight for you? Um. Oh, everybody. Um, uh, look, I think I was, you know, I had a three-hour interview with Paul Keating for a project. Um, that was quite intimidating. Um, you don't turn up to interview Paul without knowing your stuff. 
Um, so I, you know, I, I actually did quite a bit of homework for that. And it was originally scheduled for an hour. And I knew things were going well when we hit two hours and he was still quite happy to chat. So um, fascinating, I mean, highly intelligent, engaging, funny, um, really well prepared, um, uh, very open. And so that was a fascinating interview on, on a number of levels. Um, so that would be a standout for me. Um, I've interviewed a couple of sheikhs from the Middle East. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I had a great interview with a former minister uh, in Malaysia. Uh, and that interview happened on the um, golf tee practice green of a golf club in uh, Jakarta. So that was interesting from the point of view is that um, I had been trying for a week to kind of find a time to interview him, a very busy guy. And I get this call one morning, he says, meet me at the golf club in half an hour. <laughs> okay, fine. And so I had three hours interviewing him while I was sitting on a white plastic chair and he was practicing his golf swing because he was going to be playing with the prime minister the next day. Um, and it was about a book, the business that he was involved with. But in fact, it was three hours about talking to him about his life. And he grew up as an orphan in a small village, fishing village. Um, and we got to the end of the interview and he turned around. And he said to me, I haven't really given you anything about the business, have I? And I said, no, but that doesn't matter. And so we had to do another one. But it was a really interesting moment because um, I think he'd been wanting to tell somebody the story for 60, 70 odd years. And he kind of chose me at that time to share his life story. That's remarkable. That, that, and that goes to say a lot about the ease that you put people um, in when you are talking to them. And it, it's that's part of your nature and super skill. So I'm really fascinated. I'm going to ask you a question about the Sheik, if it's okay. What was it that turned him from uh, a, like a from a, a poor village boy into a sheik? What was his business aha moment? Um, oh, he was just driven, just absolutely driven, and, and um, you know um, wanted to put food on the table for his mum and his brother, and and took opportunities when they you know ha however small they were, took every single one every single one from about the age of six amazing so there's a huge lesson in that about taking saying yes like the Branson theory say yes and figure out how you're going to do it absolutely later. and he absolutely epitomizes that um so let's go back to to the the failure if you like and we both know that there's no such thing as failure but having said that what is your definition of failure how would you describe what failure is or what is it to you because it's a very personal thing yeah I look I failure is learning I think really um and I've written it down so I've written down what my answer was but I can't remember what but really um failure is learning you cannot learn without without it because it means if you're not failing you're not actually extending yourself um and I guess it's a bit like you know I I liken it to learning how to windsurf you know when I first got you know when I first got on a windsurfer I could barely haul the sail up um and I was doing it the wrong way and I had the wrong technique and you know within a week or so I was doing fine and then I was in a harness and and now I can still do it even though I haven't windsurfed for 15 odd years I can still 
find a windsurfer, jump on it, know exactly what to do. Um, and then every year on my birthday, I decide to learn something new. Um, so I quite like, um, so in business, I think, um, I, I think understanding that you don't know it all, um, asking for help, learning, going out and seeking new learning. Um, and when you're learning new things, you are going to um, make mistakes. Don't think necessarily the failures. So I think understanding the difference between making a mistake and failure is really important. And a lot of people conflate the two, that they're the same thing. And they're not, they're different things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So let's get back on the on the upward cycle, <laughs> on the upward spiral. Um, so what happened? You you sold the business or you you sold the business uh, yeah. or the, this guy bought the business out of administration. Um, you worked there for a while and then you left. Yep. So what happened after that? Um, and then I kind of sat down for three months and thought, well, what, do I, what am I going to do next? Um, you know, I need to pay the bills. And then I thought, well, what do I really want to do? I've now got an opportunity to kind of do whatever I want. Um, so that's quite scary because a lot of people get hooked up and they don't know, you know. No, but I'm sitting there thinking, well, if I could do anything in the world, what would it be? And I thought, well, it would be doing what I was doing, researching and writing um, books and, and, and publishing them, but actually orientating more but, but, um, to the research and writing part. And so I actually kind of set up a business to do that. And I did that really full, full time um, for about five or six years. Um, my interesting thing around that is I haven't written a book in 25 years and I thought maybe I can't write anymore <laughs> so I thought well you know um so I was a bit trepidatious and so I set myself a goal I thought okay well what does success look like to me in that role and I thought if I can get a contract or a gig to write a history for a top 10 ASX listed company in the next two or three years I would I would see that as success for me um and I think within three years, I had four of the top 10. So, um, yeah, and I did some other ones and I still work on them um, on history. So I went back to my passion. What was I really passionate about? You know, what would I do if I wasn't paid? Mm. And that's what I would do. I would, re I would interview, research and write and talk to people and write business stories. Why? And Why do you do that? That's my passion. And, and then as a result of that, a number of the executives and chairman and board directors that I was interviewing said to me, I've always wanted to write a book. Can you help me do that? And I said, sure. So I started another business called The Book Advisor to do just that. But again, it's all around knowledge, learning, interviewing, talking to people and helping them do that for themselves as well as doing it for me and other companies. I love that. Um, and so you've got some a new venture yes. um, coming up as well. And I think we're allowed to talk about it now, aren't we? We, we, we are. We can talk about it now. Yeah, <laughs> and, amazing. Yeah. So, so last year, you know, sort of end of COVID, middle of COVID, I, I started a discussion with Forbes Books out of America. Um, and they um, work with business people currently in America, in some parts of the world, um, to help them write, publish, and market their own business books. And they've got a, you know, large business in there in Charleston, South Carolina. 
and they were looking to expand um, out of North America and they identified me in Australia. So we had some interesting conversations and um, so we've signed a deal that, um, that basically we're going to launch this um, to the market in June of this year. But um, I've already started working with them. And again, I'm just, so having been on my own for 10 years, I'm now kind of ponying up and building out a new business around business and books and my passion. So I feel very fortunate. Jackie, that's just amazing. Congratulations. Um, Forbes is such an esteemed and respected organisation, as is your work, I've got to say. So very much uh, respected and esteemed, all the work that you've done, the books that you've written, the people that you've interviewed, um, very high quality, high class, like just go get it. Fancy setting a goal (laughs) to interview one and then ending up with four out of 10. Like that's just amazing. But it also says a lot about the mindset. Um, So can you talk to mindset? you know just for a couple of minutes what what was it that that got you to keep getting up again you know that that whole mindset oh yeah around that yeah well you know I remember I shared with you you know when my business wasn't going well I had you know doona days and I really didn't want to get up um but I had a young son and I needed to get him to school and a dog that needed to be fed um although I did think I missed feeding the dog a couple of times um So I think there was a very basic requirement that I had to front up. I actually, however, I felt there were other people in that case, my son, who were relying on me to even just get up. Um, I think at 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 a bigger level in terms of, you know, making decisions about what to do next and whether to turn it into a business or not. Um, I've always been very goal orientated. Um, so, um, you know, learning to windsurf or learning to play the saxophone or, or whatever it is, I, I naturally, um, I haven't, you know, again, I didn't do a program around that. I, I just like setting goals and then just working my tush off to try and reach them. Um, and, and I don't even think about whether they're realistic or not. I just, this is what I'm, this is the goal. And then, and then it becomes a matter of, well, how am I going to get there? What do I need? How am I going to do it? What do I want to do? And, 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 and I've got way better at working out that. I used to think that I could set my goal and just go do it and kind of people would come along behind me. Um, I'm way better now at um, articulating that and bringing a team together to do that. And again, empowering them to help this, you know, so that um, they, they, they are achieving what they want to in that process as well, as opposed to me running out front and hoping like hell that they're just running along behind me. So I've got better at, better at I guess, that building that team as opposed to just focusing on it myself. I, I love that because it very much fits the ideation with, um, without execution as hallucination. So you have the idea, you set the goal big. If you don't do anything about it, Okay, it's a nice little dream, but Jackie Lane, you have made so many of these things actually come true, uh, and it's because you have that mindset of, well, that is, you know, it's just a dream unless I put the actions against it, and here's the plan to make the actions happen. Um, congratulations on everything that you've achieved, the the road, the long and windy road to to where you are now it's an exciting journey I am so looking forward to um finishing my 
book with you uh, finally. And, and I've got to say that the nudges that you've given me have been very much appreciated, uh, but also very much looking forward to the next phase and, and maybe catching up with you in six months' time to find out how the Forbes journey yeah. is unfolding. I think that's really exciting. So congratulations. I'm going to ask you for one final word of wisdom to all our aspiring listeners out there who are thinking about putting uh, either fingers on a keyboard or pen to paper, however we want to say it. What would you say to them? Um, I, I think that the, uh, start, start. Um, you know, often I call it the taxi driver discussion. When I get into a taxi or Uber, you know, often I'm always talking to people, obviously. And, and when I say what I did, they go, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. And I go, well, what's stopping you? Um, so I think if you want to write a book, whatever it is, um, actually take action. Uh, and that might, and um, that action should actually be um, talk to me, talk to somebody, do your research, because um, the worst thing you can do is just start writing without doing the thinking first. But take that first step, a bit like my windsurfing. You know, it looks scary and, and there's a whole bunch of unknowns, but you have to make the decision that that is something that you're going to step onto the windsurfing board and know that it's not going to be perfect. But um, there are now plenty of people out there in the self-publishing world that can help you do that. And, and, and that's getting over the fear. That's getting over the fear that no one's going to like what you've written. That's why most people don't start because they're fearful. I love it. Jackie Lane, thank you so much for A, sharing your story, B, for all the nudges you give me. We will put <laughs> all your contact details um, in the notes for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And Christina, I'm going to put you on the spot now. When is your book going to come out? Didn't we set May or June? I think we set June. <laughs> so there you go. And I have been working on it quietly in the background. So Okay, so, so you heard it here first. Yeah, we may do a reverse interview where you can actually have the Inspired for Impact banner behind you and you can interview me about the book. Um, thank you so much. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please share it with your family, friends and colleagues. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Jackie, if you have that book uh, under your imagination that you're ready to, to burst forth, please get in contact with her. You can follow her on Instagram. Uh, we'll put all her social media links as well, LinkedIn as well. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you.